Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career and here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Welcome to Boss Level, a podcast where we feature conversations with guests who have leveled up and bring an XP boost to the table. Today, our guest is Erin Wayne. Hello. Hi. And I am joined by um, my fellow host today, Jess Brohard. Hello. Hello. Um, so I'm super excited today because a little special tidbit, Erin is actually my mentor. Yay! So... <laughs> I'm so excited to get to like interview you like in a professional setting. (laughs) I saw the email come through and I was like, I know one of these people already. Of course I'll do it. It was great. I was like, oh, that's me. Yeah, that's wonderful. You're gonna have so much like built in conversation and I'll just I'll just be here occasionally as well. No, (laughs) no, no. (laughs) But did you want to start by like introducing us and telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. Uh, my name is Erin Wayne. Uh, I am the global head of player community at Riot Games. I've been at Riot for um, just about uh, t- 10, 11 months. Um, and before that, I was the global head of community um, creator and influencer marketing at Twitch, where I was there for seven and a half years. Uh, prior to that, I started as a YouTuber. There's my button. That's like my, my YouTuber cred from my previous <laughs> life. Um, so I've been in the creator industry and around gaming um, as a professional for the last 10, 11 years. Um, but I've started off kind of, I think, like everybody gaming as a kid and tabletop gaming and all that good stuff. Yeah. And for those who are just listening, I just want to describe um, Aaron's background is full of Xboxes <laughs> and Xbox controllers. And I like goals. <laughs> that's, that's a life achievement. Thank I'm, you. Get Well, it mostly just pops for me. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. What did you do um, before getting into the creator industry? Everything and anything. Um, (laughs) I went to school. So my formal like I have two college degrees. I got a degree in corporate communications and I have a degree in nonprofit administration. Um, I was a wedding planner. I like won awards and was in magazines and like did that whole thing. And very young. I was like 19, 20 years old. 
um, doing that and working for a really wonderful um, wedding planning consulting company. Um, And then when I graduated from college, I continued to do that kind of like on the side. Uh, But my full time job was I did continuing educations for physicians and nurses, like accreditation and marketing events for a nonprofit hospital. Um, And then I had my daughter and I was a stay at home mom. And during that phase of my life, I did like a quadrillion things. I was a cheerleading coach. I was a substitute teacher. I was a longtime sub. I owned an apparel company. I was a cake decorating instructor. Like I just dabbled in life uh, and did a bunch of things. I know I like to every every time I feel like I have a conversation like, oh, yeah, one time I was this and somebody the other day was like, how many jobs have you had? I'm like, listen, I've done a lot in life. Um, And then when uh, my daughter was like almost three, um, I had a a late miscarriage and I like just disrupted my whole life Um, and I like needed something to kind of get back in. And so uh, my partner at the time had recommended that I get into this game called Minecraft. And I thought, well, that's dumb. That game looks terrible. Why would I play that? Um, He was like, just trust me. You're going to love it. We custom coded a a server that was a faction server. So very similar to like Horde versus Alliance in um, World of Warcraft. And I did what everybody tells you not to do. And I went on Twitter and, you know, like just searched people who had Minecraft in their bio and were just like, will you play Minecraft with me? (laughs) And somebody replied and said, yes, I will play Minecraft with you, but I want to stream it. And this was in 2012. And I said, well, what does that mean? And he said, well, we're going to play it and people are going to watch us play. And I was like, that has got to be the dumbest thing I have like ever heard. You would watch somebody (laughs) else play a video game, but whatever, if you'll play Minecraft with me. And um, we did. And his fan base was like, you're funny. You should have a YouTube channel. And you have to remember, like when I went to college, I wasn't eligible for Facebook because Facebook had to have you had to have a college email to get onto Facebook. And my college was a small liberal arts college that didn't have its own email system. So like I'm not I did not grow up on YouTube or Facebook or any of these things like I'm part of like the generation that just missed social media as we were in high school and college. Um, and so, you know, my impression of what YouTube was for was not for gaming. I didn't know that this type of content existed. So my early YouTube videos are just a mess. Uh, but the beauty of that was like, I went in with my own perception of what that should be. And because I had a small child at the time, I made content I thought my daughter would watch. And so, um, that kind of spawned a lot of things that we will probably talk about it at some point, but, um, that's how I got into gaming and then through a series of events, ended up at Twitch, and now I'm here. So I've done everything a little bit of. <laughs> so what inspired your, your like, stage name, your persona name, Aurelian? Um, well, my, um, at the time, there was, I used to play World of Warcraft, and so I was looking for a character name for World of Warcraft, and there had been this movie that had come out called Fool's Gold, and the name of the boat in Fool's Gold is Aurelia, and I loved the name of that boat, that boat. And I Googled it and it was like a fairy queen from Ireland. I was like, also my jam. And so <laughs> cool. the name was taken clearly. And so yeah. in order to get the closest thing I could, I had to add a Y and a middle and then N at the end. And so that's where Aurelian came from was Aurelia was not available. And I didn't at the time. <laughs> I was just like looking. This was also pre-YouTube. This was this was 2009, maybe 2010. Um, and so again, long before I had ever planned on anything. And so when I had used it to connect with my guildmates at BlizzCon in 2010, I just kept my World of Warcraft name. And so, because that was my Twitter name, it was just laziness. (laughs) And then later it's called branding. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, but the, but the, but the wonderful thing is nobody has that name because it's like completely made up. So if somebody has the name Aurelian, like you did it because you took my account name, like the TikTok on Aurelian is not me. It's like somebody completely different. Um, I didn't even notice that. It's not me. I didn't know know your name was on TikTok. (laughs) Well, somebody has it. It's my, it's my picture, but it's not me. So yeah, somebody um, oh, so they trying made to it? pretend to be you. Yeah, but they never posted anything. It's just, I don't That's know if somebody funny. like Why did the nice... do do that? That's so I don't strange. Know. So it seems like, I, I'm going to assume good intent. It feels like somebody made it to hold it. Okay. But it's not me. That's so nice. I just have to say how funny it is that you were like the head of community at Twitch and you still are like believing the best in people. You have that to. That truly makes <laughs> Listen, you like an awesome person that, and I can't imagine it because I, I, 
I feel like I almost have the opposite experience of like, oh, I've seen too much. (laughs) I feel like yes, but I I feel like if you let that get to you, like you, you wouldn't I wouldn't be able to function in my job if I let that those experiences like overpower the good ones. You have to do. I mean, I'm sure you guys know, right? You're in the gaming space and you're very public people. You have to do a lot of mental work not to let that stuff And it's so hard because there's so much of it. And we just as human beings, as a method to protect ourselves, are used to blocking out. We're used to like focusing on the bad stuff to protect us from going into those things again. That's just how we're wired as human beings. Um, But I try really hard to just assume good intent until somebody proves me otherwise. (laughs) Cautious optimism is probably my (laughs) motto. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What was the process like of switching from, you know, doing all these different things and being a YouTuber to then taking this job at Twitch? Like, obviously, I'm assuming at Twitch you used many of the skills that you had gained doing all this other stuff. But at the same time, to go from all this stuff to like a a full time job in gaming and community and stuff had to be kind of a big transition. Yeah, um, there was a job I forgot to mention between all the other ones. (laughs) Because at this point, what haven't you done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, So at the time, kind of the trajectory of of why I landed at Twitch in this job is um, I had been a YouTuber already. And at the time that I was doing my YouTube content, again, these were these were the early days of YouTube, right? Things were not monetization wasn't there. You had to be under um, an MCN to be able to make money on YouTube. So like, I, okay. I think it's important for people to realize like what you experience today as creators was not what happened a decade ago. It was a vast, like you weren't, you weren't a YouTuber as your job. For instance. I was, like you had all these, Oh, okay. well you could, but you had like, it wasn't like people do now. Like nobody was okay. saying I'm a full-time creator, unless you were one of the creators, unless you were PewDiePie back then or like on that level. Right. And even back then, I think he had like I remember him hitting 5 million subscribers on YouTube, which was a massive deal back then. Yeah. Um, So I was doing YouTube, but I was not monetized on YouTube. Um, And so the reason why you did it was very much a passion project. People did it because they loved it. And the hope was, I'm going to get picked up by a network. MCN Mm. is a multi-channel network. I'm going to get picked up by a network. They're going to enable ads. And then I can actually start monetizing my content. YouTube did not have a partner program at the time. It was very different. Um, And so I was doing a lot of these videos. And at the time, the generation of content creators was much younger. You know, here I was a 26, 27 year old. And a lot of these content creators were 16, 17, 18, 19, you know, very young. Um, They didn't know how to like pay taxes or run a business or they needed mentorship is really what they needed. And so in the Minecraft space, I kind of stepped up and we would go to things like PAX and I would make sure, you know, people knew how to get to their panel and they knew where their you know, packs badges were, and I would coordinate dinners for everybody to get together and say hi because we were only used to seeing each other in a virtual space. I was effectively community managing Minecraft at the time without knowing that's what I was because community managers weren't a thing back then. And so um, as I did that, I started forming lots of relationships with all of these creators just because that's who I am by nature. I'm a very helpful person. I love connecting people. I loved meeting people. Um, and I went through a divorce at the time. And so because the economy had crashed again, this is like makes me sound so old and like economy is crashing and synergies <laughs> and blah. Um, <laughs> Uh, I had to get a job. And so I was working um, a really tough job as an IT recruiter at the time. And so through doing all of this stuff, I was IT recruiting. So I was working. I'd get up at six in the morning. I'd get my daughter ready. I'd take her to daycare. I'd go to work. I'd work all day. I'd get done at 530. I'd pick her up at six. We'd get home at 630. We'd spend time together till 830. I'd put her to bed. And then from about nine until about two in the morning was when I was editing, uploading, recording, making thumbnails. And I'd go to bed at two and I'd wake up at six. And I did that for a year of doing this YouTube stuff. And this, I was a shell of, I think I had lost like 30 pounds. I was like 120 pounds maybe at the time, which is not what I am today. It's like very far from what I am today. Um, And so my parents sat me down and they were like, hey, um, this seems really bad. Like you're not healthy. This job is taking its toll on you. You know, you're at that point where you could potentially monetize this YouTube thing as a serious thing, but you just don't have the time to like really put into it because you're working so that you can support your kid. What if we, what if you quit? And what if you're, and my parents were divorced at the time, so this is a big deal. Um, 
what if we together helped you pay your bills for six months so that you could try this YouTube thing and see, like, we see the potential for you um, if you could just do the time. And I was like, wow, okay, yeah, I hate this job. That would be great. And so I did. I left that job in November. And uh, you can go back and like look at the YouTube analytics. Um, in November and December, I started producing content and started kind of calling all these people that I had mentored and gotten together and said, hey, what are you doing? And uh, I doubled my YouTube. So I think I went to like 30 or 50,000 YouTube subs at the time from like 15. So I had I'd shown like if I do this consistently and I have the time, I see significant growth. Um, but YouTube, I'm sure you guys know, content creation is a scary, unpredictable thing. You can make $10,000 one month and $1,500 the next month, and there's no health insurance, and there's not a lot of benefits. And you know, um, and as a single mom, I was like, that this is a scary proposition. Do I think I can do it? Yes. But my gosh, this is a lot of pressure to not have that safety net to fall back to. And so right about that time in January, uh, somebody from Twitch called and said, hey, um, Twitch is, is a gaming company and I was streaming, I was partnered on Twitch at the time. So I knew, and they said, um, we're really, um, positive and, and confident in our ability to connect with competitive games, Dota, esports, uh, Call of Duty, League of Legends, all of those types of games, CSGO. But we don't understand why Minecraft is this massive, like content generating machine on YouTube. And it's not really on Twitch. Would you want to come work at Twitch and effectively do everything you're already doing, community management, yeah. uh, in the Minecraft community, and we'll just pay you to do it here. And I was like, is this a steady paycheck and health insurance? They were like, yes. I was like, sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, it, it, it was a huge thing for me because, one, it was, it, was the, it was the safe route, right, for me at the time. And I had no idea what Twitch was going to become at the time, but I knew this was a way for me to do something that I was already doing, an environment that was going to foster my ability to do that. And it gave me a career trajectory going forward that I just I didn't think that I was ever going to like retire as a content creator. I loved doing it. I loved the community, but I wanted to know that it was doing something. I wanted to know that it was like driving a purpose and it was giving me something to do in my career. And so Twitch gave me that opportunity. And so I took it because it was the it was the safe route. That is a very interesting story and I can't wait to get more into it. But I think yeah. for now, we're actually going to take a really quick ad break. We'll be right back. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career and here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. 
That's trinityschool.org. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back. Um, so we are still here with Aaron. And we were just talking about um, your journey to... Twitch, how you got to, you know, yeah. work in the position that you did at Twitch, which was an amazing, amazing journey. Um, I'm still learning like some things new from you because like I knew some of that, but I was like, I'm still learning something. So <laughs> it's a, there's a lot of twists and turns, there's a lot. There's, <laughs> but it's not like a. I went to college, I got a degree, I got the job and now I'm here. Like I, I went this way and then right and then left and then backwards and forwards. Like it, yeah. it was it's a messy, it's like the meme of the guy like connecting all the strings. That's like my <laughs> career trajectory. That's fine. It all came to a wonderful conclusion, so we're all good. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people in gaming do that as well because there are just so many, and especially because gaming like is kind of a newer industry still. Like obviously yeah. now it's been around for a little bit, but it's still sort of figuring itself out in a lot of ways. And uh, I actually wanted to, to kind of touch on something you said, which was then, you know, you talked about how you went like full time into YouTube and your subscribers doubled. But it's also already so impressive that you had 15,000 subscribers to begin with. And I just, you know, I just have this, um, I'm always so fascinated by this concept because I see more and more so many people coming up wanting to be full time content creators, but they don't even have the 15,000. You know, I, I'm not saying, I say even as if I've, I've never had 15,000 subscribers on YouTube or anything like Neither that. Neither do I. But, <laughs> I, yeah, but, but I see so many people, you know, like just starting off and going, I want to be a full-time content creator. And then they mm. have like less than a hundred subscribers on YouTube. They don't really have any followers. And it's just so interesting to me that that's straight where they go. Instead of focusing on like, I want to make good content or like, I want to build a community around something. They just go straight to, I want to be a full-time content creator. And I think there's so much like we kind of glamorize being like a full-time content creator these days. And even though like you were just saying, you know, you don't get the health insurance and like, it's such a, it's such a tough thing to do. It's such a luck of the draw thing as well. And so I'm just always so fascinated by this kind of topic. And I would love to see if you had any thoughts you'd like to share on, you know, sort of maybe why we see so many people wanting to be full-time content creators without really uh, thinking about, well, they have to actually create content then to do that. Yeah, I think um, I love that you said that we glamorize it. I think that is very true, right? I think social media in general um, gives the impression that, you know, it, it, there's like, I, I, lo I love home renovation TikToks, right? And they have like the TikToks where they go, can we sit? Because a good part, right? And it shows you the before and the after. Yeah. And it's like 30 seconds of like, and now I have this beautiful home. And it's like, but you didn't show the $50,000 you had to spend in the three months and the probably and the tears and blood and, and sweat and the yeah. time. And I think, um, you know, as we have just progressed as, as a society, we are a very like, we want it and we want it now. And we... There are a lot of wonderful perks. My husband is a full-time content creator. He works for himself. He gets to make a schedule. He gets to pick and choose what he works on every day. He gets to, you know, be the person that holds himself accountable. Um, but there are also a lot of cons, right? There are cons that, like, he's the stopgap. If he doesn't do well, that's his income, right? If something happens, that's what it is, right? If it's a slow month, that's what it is. There's not a lot of benefits. He has to, every time he makes money, going... How much of this do I need to hold for taxes? How much of this needs to go into a 401k? How am I prioritizing my business expenses? He is an accountant and a project manager and a producer and a content creator and an editor and a thumbnail and like all of these things, right? He has to wear 80,000 hats. Yeah. And so it can be very overwhelming. And I think um, 
without knowing that, you have to have that experience to know that that is what it's like. And somebody can tell you it's really hard. Somebody can tell you it's really hard to run a marathon. And until you run a marathon, you don't realize how hard it is, right? You can train and train and project and and then you get there and you're like, oh, wow, that was like really hard. Um, and so I think that's what it is, right? We want to be our own bosses. We want to do these things. Um, I think what's what's interesting is that um, what I my anticipation is that you will start to see just like Hollywood, where actors and actresses, you know, have their their acting careers for 10, 15, 20 years. And then they start becoming producers and directors and they start doing other jobs to get out of the limelight behind the camera. I would anticipate that we're about to see in the next five years content creators who've been doing this for 15 and 20 years um, start to do that. I would I would expect that we start to see right because you have the bell curve right where you like start at the beginning, you hit your popularity. And then as new people are coming into the ecosystem, you start to see those declines. Um, I, I would expect that we will start to see gaming content creators have the same cycle that Hollywood is now seeing where that's just the project you do it. And then, right, we're already seeing content creators become apparel companies and music companies, and they're starting to diversify their portfolios to transition out of that world for all of those reasons. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, young kids, they just get to see that you know, X creators spent a million dollars getting a Maserati and they want to get a million dollars and get a Maserati and don't realize that just like that creator did that, there's only like, you know, one LeBron James. There's a reason there's yeah. one LeBron James because there's only one of those content creators and it's it's just a hard path to get there. Yeah. And it's, it's tough because I never want to like crap on anyone's dreams and be like, you're not going to make it. But at the same time, statistically speaking, not everybody is going to make it. If everybody is a content creator, who is watching all of this content? You know, some people right. got to be... <laughs> Like, you know, you're creating it for someone, right? Yeah. yeah. And I say like, I say this all the time for people because like, I know I'm, I'm going to VidCon as a feature creator and I'm like really nervous about that. And like I because when I was at Paxi's, I was getting this question from people who like watch my stream, which is like, how do I do what you do? Or like, you know, like it's kind of like the glamorization. And one, I always tell people, please take me off whatever pedestal that you think that I'm on, because I promise I'll probably fall off or trip off of it because I'm just clumsy. But like also the fact I said, you know, this is a lot of hard work. You know, I used to do higher ed before I became a full time content creator. And like, while that was a lot of hard work and dealing with a lot of personalities and politics and stuff that I honestly didn't want to deal with. um, Content creator, I say is like 100 times harder. And I say it's the hardest I've ever worked, but it's the happiest I've ever been. And yeah. like, you know, like uh, people don't think like, oh, you were up to 2 a.m. What were you doing? Everything. <laughs> yeah. living Or living your life or doing all the things that you can't do because while you're making content, you're here. You can't be calling and making doctor's appointments or scheduling right. your normal life or grocery shopping or like doing the things you have to do. Yeah. Um, during I just those ha- times. I just I just had to readjust my schedule to remember to do those things. So like my mm-hmm. Fridays don't contact me because like that is a day where <laughs> I am going to doctors, where I'm grocery shopping and seeing my being family, a human. being a human being. And it's just like, you know, you're not available. I am not. Nope. Can you? Nope. I can't do it. No. <sighs> yeah. Because I because I, you have to have those boundaries because it's like it. It can really consume you. There was a time I don't I don't think I think there was one time my mom like knocked on my door, my apartment. She's like, I haven't seen you for three weeks. I'm like, it's been that long. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. haven't left the house in that long. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard, you know, and it's not meant for everybody. Um, I mean, I sometimes feel still to this point. I've I had I think I had at one point three hundred and fifty thousand subs on YouTube. And because it's been inactive, you like lose subs over time. They like people lose their accounts or they deactivate their accounts and YouTube unsubscribe. So I think now I'm at like 270 something thousand. But I think about the fact that there are people who would do a lot to get 270,000 subs on YouTube and I've just let it go. But I couldn't. My boundaries were I saw what it was doing to myself. I saw what it was doing. You know, my my kiddo was involved in some of my content sometimes and I couldn't do that. I couldn't work all day in games and then make content all night at games because I had no boundaries and I couldn't do that. And of all the things that I am, a mom and a wife and a daughter and a mother and a an empl- you know, coworker and a friend, something had to go. And 
I chose to kind of deactivate the very public parts of my life in order to get back some semblance of boundary in my life. You know, we I have a lot of conversations sometimes with people about really random things that like I have to do to protect myself and my kiddo from being a public figure. Um, And they're like, oh, my God, I didn't even realize you had to do that. And it's like, yeah, that's the reality of your life. You know, like you have to do a lot of things that the general public just aren't aware of. And it's too late for me to like completely unwind it, right? Like I can't put the cat back in the bag. Um, but for that point, for the boundaries, I had to say some things I have to let go of. And there are certain things that if I fiercely love something, I typically don't share it on the internet because I don't want it to get ruined by those types of things. Um, so, yeah. you know, you just gotta put those boundaries up and stick to them and do what you yeah. can do because you get to a point otherwise where, you know, you ended up like me, I, I ended up having, um, a, a, I, like, I, I feel like there's a stigma around the term like mental breakdown, but I got to a point where I couldn't claw myself back out. And I was in regular therapy already. I was already seeing a weekly therapist and it happened despite the fact that I was in sp- therapy. And I said, you know, I don't know how this gets any worse and I don't know what to do and I don't know how to handle it. And I don't know how to, I am not myself. I'm a very bubbly, I'm like wearing pastel rainbow colors and I have like rainbows everywhere. And I just was like completely apathetic. When my therapist asked me to describe how I feeling, I said I was gray. I felt gray, like as a, like, I just feel no, nothing about anything. I feel very non-emotional. I don't feel attached to anything. There's a wonderful article that came out during the pandemic called I'm Not Always Very Attached to Being Alive. And it talks about how you just kind of feel numb, like you're floating in places. And the only way that I fixed that was to reestablish my boundaries and hold firm to that. And it's a really hard place to be when your whole life is in the public eye. And I love video games. And I would pursue, tell anybody to pursue a hobby or a passion in making content. That is not what I'm saying. But what goes along with that is a very high amount of mental work that you have to do to maintain a humanity about yourself that isn't monetized or criticized or up for likes and dislikes and shares and all of those things. And when you are, yeah, yeah, when you are a content creator and you do that in gaming, you, you have to realize that. So I am very thankful. I love my job. I love gaming. I love being able to take all of the things I've learned about being a content creator and be able to advocate for bettering creator experiences internally at gaming companies. I love that fast. I love education. I love rewards. I love making sure that we are building programs to make it better to be a player. It's why I'm at Riot, because their literal mission is to be the most player-focused game company in, in the world, and they embody that internally and externally. So, you know, there's a lot of things I learned as a content creator that make me better at my job now because I have that intense amount of empathy, um, but it, it can be a wild ride for sure. Yeah. I know. I just um, did my genealogy and our last guest, um, uh, Witchy, Witchy Twitchy, she gifted it to me and yeah. I got my results on Juneteenth. And then I was like, I'm not sharing this with anyone. This is mine. Because I know yeah. it'll be ripped apart regardless of like, you know, whatever. Like, I, I just don't I don't want to hear your opinion about something I don't even understand yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like, even when I be, when I do understand it, I still don't want to hear your opinion because I just don't, I don't, I don't want people to take the joy out of it. Like this, mm-hmm. like that's, that's yeah. cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Aaron, while you were talking, I was getting really excited because you hit on like a couple of things that like uh, really resonated with me. And then also that's something that Confetti and I have talked about, which was like boundaries, but specifically I know we've talked about how like, you know, Confetti, you one time had posted like picture of you and your skateboard and people like demanded skateboarding content and you were like, no, nope, you know, <laughs> and then like, like I, I, I like to roller skate a lot and I occasionally share roller skating content. You just dumb videos of me skating and stuff. And like, I have someone who will comment. He goes, every time I'm, I, I just want to see you fall. I hope you fall on your ass. I saw like, that what? on your Instagram. I saw that. I just I was thought like, that was so weird. Cool Did you see? That? I was going to say, like, I didn't respond to it, I don't think, but I kind of wanted to being like, why? If you were following me, if you were a fan of me and you're ending it with like a little happy face, laughing face emoji, why on earth would you want me to fall? You were literally telling me you don't see me as a human being. You see me as a source of entertainment because right. the reason you want me to fall is so that you will be entertained. You don't give a fuck 
if I hurt myself. Right. He literally said he wanted to see me fall on my ass, which is like a horrible thing to tell somebody. Why would you say that to someone? So like, I completely understand. And like, and I totally get like not wanting to share something that you love because yeah, like if that for a little bit, that was like, maybe I don't want to share these you were skating just like videos anymore. Living your best life. Like literally, I, know. I think they were your new skates. And I was just like, yeah. Why would you say that to somebody? Yes. But I think I think people are used to, right? Like if you look at the history of content and and what popular content resonates and even like on Twitch, right? We we like have trained audiences for like charity marathons that will do the wildest stuff for money, right? For charity, mm-hmm. even when it's in good causes, we will eat spicy things that we hate. We will do things we really don't like. We will, right? Stay up for, for 24 hours. We will do entertaining things for for the content. Do it for the content, right? Yeah. And and I I had this interesting moment as a parent where um my kiddo had like loves to stream. She will ask frequently, can, "Mom, can we stream together?" "Mom, can and we have done that, right?" Um but we have very firm rules in place about things that she can and cannot do. And things that we can't, you know, we don't use our real names and we don't talk about where we live and, you know, we don't have, we don't use her real name and all these other things. Um, My daughter is on the spectrum. This is not a secret. I've talked about it on stream. Um, I try not to go out and like, you know, put that out there because that's her personal information. Right. And we have rules now where I don't tweet things about her unless she approves it. Like she has to say, yes, you can tweet this. Yes, you can say these things. Um, But there was a point in time where she was streaming with me. And um, we had code words. Um, These are just tactics that we delivered when she was, you know, very young. Um, And we used color codes. And so I would say things like, hey, you're orange, which meant you don't have a lot of control over your behavior right now. You're getting too excited because when she gets in any heightened emotion, good or bad, she tends to not have like people on the spectrum kind of lose their executive functioning. They, They can't they make they make impulsive decisions. And as a kid, that comes out in a lot of different ways. Um, but the Internet is wheeled and chat would laugh at her because she mm. would say something sassy to me, which then she would do more because she got the reaction right. from them. And so I had to say, you're an orange. Right. I gave her the warning. And then she kind of went, you know, above and beyond. And I said, OK, we chat. We're going to take a break. and We'll be right back. Put pause screen. We had to walk away. I has, you need to collect yourself. Right. If you keep doing this. We can't stream, right? Because I also, it's my job as a mother to protect her from doing things that she might regret later or find embarrassing later. That's my job to do that. And so we had a conversation with chat where chat was egging her on. And I said, chat, stop it. I'm the mom here. I don't care if you think it's funny. I don't care if she's engaging with you. You have to stop, right? Or I will stop the stream. And I had to both parent my child right. and chat at the same time because they're not they are not used to that dynamic, right? Of being told, stop it. This is a boundary or I'm I'm going to cut the stream. And so then later on, I think the next stream, the stream after, chat had asked me questions about well, what does orange mean and, and what does this mean? And so I had to say, like, look, and I had a very small community, which is why I was like able to do this. If I'd had tens of thousands of you know, concurrent viewers watching, I probably wouldn't have done it. But, you know, I have a couple hundred people, so it's a manageable amount of conversation to engage with. And the people that were there were longtime viewers and were part of the community. So I I felt safe having the conversation. Yeah. But saying, hey, you all have to realize that you like when I show you this part of who I am as a mom, but I am a mom and I'm a human being and I have to take care of my kiddo and she's on the spectrum and and we have to have these rules. And so we talked about what orange meant. We talked about how and why we have to do the things. But being vulnerable is a luxury as a content creator because you don't often get that. So I was also very lucky that, you know, the community that I have, I would say still have not had in past tense, but when I stream, it's still the same regulars um, has granted me the opportunity to be safely vulnerable in a place where these parts of who I am now as soon as I step out of that bubble into the general public on Twitter or Instagram or anywhere else no right but in my safe little space on discord or wherever it's it's tolerable and it's manageable but I just I don't think they're used to that right so they'll even encourage me when I'm mothering my kid to go against what mom says. No, don't do what she says. I think it was like one of the things that they were chanting. And I was like, Mm-mm. I'll put y'all in timeout too. <laughs> Watch me do it. Watch me do it. My mom mode does not ever turn off. Watch me. Keep trying. 
<laughs> I uh, oh go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Oh no, you go ahead. Really? <laughs> no, because like you know, I that that um cautiously vulnerable. Like I'm a very closed off person and very private person. And my counselors always tell me she's like, you need to practice vulnerability. I'm like, I can't do. I'm like, have you been on Twitter.com? We can't. I can't do that. No, because <laughs> yeah. people people are wild and like they'll take things and run with it or like it's it's a game to test. How can I push your boundaries? Because like now yes. I know the boundary. How far can I push it? And it's like not at all. But then, you know, you get, um, you know, I always talk about like the intersections of like race and being a woman on on in any kind of content creator space. And it's just like you get categorized as like this angry black woman for me. And it's just like. No, I just don't want you to call me pet names. I'm not your sweetie. Like, don't call me that. Yeah. It's like, well, well, how about queen? How about babe? You're like, no, I'm just going to ban you for a week. Bye. (laughs) This this reminds me of when people like roast streamers. And like, it's something it's a kind of phenomenon that I feel like a lot of my streamer friends have like been posting about where some like someone in chat will maybe make fun of them for something and they kind of like go along like, aha, you're right. Yeah, I'm clumsy or whatever, or whatever it is, you know, even if it's something small and it'll kind of snowball and like chat picks up on it and they don't always realize that it can sometimes be like an actual vulnerability for the streamer. But, like they just think it's funny. And then all of a sudden it turns into your entire chat is bullying you because they think it's funny. And again, yeah. it's like, well, how did we get here? Aren't you guys watching me because you like me? Why are you rooting against me? Yeah. I think I think what gets lost a lot in in just social dynamic in general is that they know us. We don't yeah. know them. And so I think, you know, when you have really close friendships, I've got mods that I've known for almost the entire decade I've been on the internet. You know, some of these people were invited to my wedding, right? Yeah. Like I know them very well. And so they can say, like, somebody, like, I would let Milady be like, Aaron, you're so dumb. And I'd be like, haha, that's fine. If a random yeah. person, even like if, if I, I said watch, that, not okay. Yeah, I would be like, I don't know. You, you know what I'm <laughs> saying? <laughs> the first time we're meeting. So Why are you? Yeah. Context is almost always lost on the internet. And so when yeah. context is lost, everybody thinks they're part of the joke. Right. And that's not the case, right? Because they forget. That yes, there are some names in chat when I would meet them at TwitchCon or VidCon, and I'd be like, oh my God, that's you. Like, ah, love that, right? I'm so like, thank you for being in chat. That's a small fraction of the actual number of people who engage in my content. And that means that, you know, those boundaries, my um kiddo's counselor has, you know, she has this really good metaphor for boundaries are not one fence where everyone sits. It's a it's a section where they kind of radiates out. And so there's a boundary with this close of core group of friends, my brother, my husband, my kid. And then there's like this next boundary, which are like my close friends and my extended relatives. And then there's this boundary, which is like my coworkers and people that I know. And then there's this boundary. And when people don't know what boundary they're in, there is no boundary. And so you have to be right. And how much mental work is it to every person you meet? Tell them where they fall. Like, it's just such a hard, unsustainable thing. And so you have to, as a creator, set hard boundaries. And people don't get that because they don't have the context to understand where they fall in that spectrum of boundaries. And so some people, I think, just because etiquette, assume that there isn't one. Or they push it because they think that they have the rapport with you to be able to push that boundary. And it's like, no, you don't. (laughs) Back over there. Back over to your fence, please. Yeah. Thank you. I think it's (laughs) it's just an interesting human experiment for me that I like. Again, I tend to assume good intent from I try to anyways. But, you know, we as humans have been subject to a massive amount of social growth from the Internet in a very again in short. The Internet's been around since I, you know, the early the late 90s, really in a public vicinity right from the time that we were using it schools and you know on our day-to-day and aol instant messenger it's been since the late 90s right yeah but in the span of human time that's very short for the last 25 years how much social growth is that for us to get used to how to engage with people when social norms are changing like i'm not surprised we're in this area but i do think that as we continue and people start realizing like oh okay i understand the norms well, it'll get better. I have hope. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Positive optimism. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> cautious vulnerability. I like. Mean, hope meanwhile, that I'm like, I'm better. hiding. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. 
Well, I believe it is time to take another quick ad break, so we will be right back. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. And welcome back. Um, we are still here with Aaron, and I want to talk about your journey from, now we're going from Twitch to Riot. So can you tell us a little bit about that journey? I also want to say, side note, my friends think you're the coolest person in the world. And it's like, oh my God, like, does she play, can she play Valorant with us? I'm like, no. You probably don't want, listen, could I? Yes. Do you actually want me to? No, that's like one of those things where like in concept, much better than in tactical round, terrible at that game. Um, Yeah. So interesting. So, you know, very much when I started at Twitch, Um, I took an opportunity because I had it, right? It was an opportunity for me to continue doing a thing that I loved with some type of career trajectory that was like a very unknown, unexplored area. The gaming industry, in terms of streaming, was still new. There was no guidebook or playbook for how to grow successful live streaming, right? There were a couple of other companies that were doing it, but not really at the level that Twitch was. Um, And so... I started out at Twitch as, you know, partnerships comma Minecraft was like my first title at Twitch. Um, But Twitch then 
didn't have again as like i want people to recall back in my day um we <laughs> didn't have twitchcon we didn't have affiliates we like barely had a partner program right i think we had like maybe six thousand partners in the world wow. at the time um there were no partner parties there were no partner jerseys there were none of that stuff existed there was no creator camp none of that um and so once i kind of felt like i had a really good grasp on uh, minecraft um, I started saying like, hey, you know, we were sitting around a PAX and I was like, you know, you've all these partners tweeting, come meet me in the Twitch booth. Why are you not doing formal meet and greets so that, you know, we provide a service to them. It gets branding out. You know, they feel really rewarded and incentivized. And the answer was like, well, nobody here knows how to do that. And I was like, well, I'll figure it out. You know, I ran events. I can do that. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it. Um, that's my like, I'm like the, we can do it. That's like yeah. me. Um, and so... I started doing that. Well, I'll figure it out for lots of different things. Um, and that kind of became what I did at Twitch, right? So I figured it out with uh, meet and greets. I figured it out with partner parties. I figured it out with partner jerseys. I figured it out with creator camp, with community meetups. Like there are lots of things that I started building in my early days at Twitch. And I learned two things about myself. One, I love that. I love not having an answer or not being told that like this is what everybody else does, that there is no way that other people are doing it. So I get to figure it out wholly on my own. I love building things from scratch. Those those are like things that I feel really good doing and I excel at that creative thinking and problem solving. And the second is that I felt really rewarded after seven and a half years looking back and saying like, the ambassador program, I built that. Community meetups, I built that. Creator camp, I built that, right? And obviously I didn't build it alone. I had teams of people, but I can look at things that I contributed to and feel a sense of pride and accomplishment that I have made an impact. Yeah. I, those are two things that were really important to me. It was that I had the ability to create things that were needed and the ability to feel the sense of pride that the things that I was doing mattered. And at, after seven and a half years at Twitch, um, very rightfully so, Twitch is getting to a place where all those things are kind of done already, right? And what Twitch needs to do and what Twitch is doing is really going back to the core and perfecting the things that they need to do to do well, right? Um, I love that Twitch doesn't want to be better than YouTube or better than TikTok or better, whatever. It's why you don't see them kind of pull the Instagram strategy. We're like, well, now we have shorts. Now we have VODs. Now we have that, right? <laughs> They're just, they just want to be the best Twitch the they can be. I love the Instagram shade. I love it. I, it's, it's just, I mean, it's like, what are you doing? Like, you're everywhere. Who like, you have you? a loss. Yeah, like, she doesn't even go here. Like, I don't know they don't have a sense of identity. And, and I love that Twitch is really trying to make sure that they excel at what they're good at instead of throwing all of these things into the ether, right? Um, but what that means is there's not as much opportunity anymore for innovation and growth. And I was finding myself in a place where I was just always it iterating on things that I'd already done. And I didn't know it at the time um, until a recruiter reached out to me and said, hey, there's this opportunity um, and I didn't know what gaming company it was for at the time. They just said, you know, here's what it is. And they're, they want to build this team from scratch. And I was like, oh, my God, that's what I'm missing. I'm missing going into the unknown and, and carving out a, a place to move forward. I miss that a lot. And uh, so I started interviewing at Riot. And I had this wonderful group of um, people that were my interview panel comprised of um, senior women within the company, women of color, women from diverse backgrounds. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> all of these things align with my values and all of these things are the things that I love to do. Um, you know, they talked about wanting to be the most player focused game company in the world. And there was not a global player community. It was all individually um established in regions and they wanted to build consistency and a global point of view and they needed all these programs and all of these things um and i just kind of fell in love with that mission statement and and getting back to the root of what i love doing but now at a scale where instead of it just being me figuring these things out and then it was me and two other people and then when i left i had a, a team of eight um now it encompasses a team of what will soon be i think probably almost 40 people wow um, working across community, um, social media, uh, editorial, which is like behind the scenes content when you see like dev diaries or dev doodles that comes from that editorial team mm -hmm. uh, and the influencer team. So those four components make up community. And I was like, this is an opportunity for me to continue growing my skills as a leader. What is it like to manage multiple disciplines at one time and 
build this global strategy at a huge company like Riot, who has, you know, five of some of the coolest games out there. Um, (laughs) And I just got really excited about it. And so um, it was a really long interview process. It took uh, a long, um, I think six weeks was the total interview timeline. I know. Um, I think I did like seven or eight interviews. Um, And then they came back and said, do you want the job? And I was like, absolutely. So I made the decision. It was not a decision I made lightly. I had told people for a long time, you will, I will retire from Twitch. I will die at Twitch. You will bury me in purple. Um, Because (laughs) I still love Twitch as a company. I grew up there. They're my family. Um, My husband's a Twitch streamer and my friends are Twitch streamers and um, people I mentor are Twitch streamers. Like I am so part of that, that community and so part of, you know, that, that purple culture But I just knew that if I wanted to keep growing and I wanted to do new things and I wanted to really test the boundaries of what I'm capable of, you know, going from leading a team of eight to a team of 40, that's a lot. That's a big step. Um, And I thought I was ready for it. And Riot believed in me and they thought I was ready for it. And so here I am. That's incredible. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's fun. I feel, you know, I. It's like your superhero origin story. And it's like, then I put on my cape. And went to yeah. work. <laughs> what what's really interesting is um I'll I'll tell the the story in a very, you know, uh, positive way, but I got to a point in in my career where I had somebody tell me that they didn't think I was capable of doing more. And they were like, I don't I don't think that you can, you know, accomplish more. And uh I thought, well That's a lot of audacity. It yeah. was a lot of audacity, but like, it was also, but it was also, well, it was in the context that I would have been asking for feedback, right? Like I had okay. gone out and sought the feedback of like, you know, where am I going? What's my next step? You know, what do I do? And um, I heard that and I, I had two responses to that. First of all, was like, who are you? Right? Like I'm, I'm a very, no one can tell me I can't do a thing. If you tell me I can't do a thing, I'm so like Southern ornery that like, I'm going to do it despite the fact <laughs> you told me I couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, But it also made me wonder, like, well, is this why I'm not moving forward anymore? Like, if this one person believes in this, does the company as a whole believe in this? And so to have that same week, that same week that I got that feedback was when the recruiter reached out to me and said, do you want to do this job at another company? And if that's not a sign from the universe, that's I was was like, (laughs) I am not like a hyper religious, hyper like philosophical person. But, you know, sometimes like things to me are a little too coincidental. And that whole week I'd been like, God, like maybe they're right. Like, am I capable of doing more? And then here comes this person saying, I think you can do more. And I was like, I can do more. (laughs) So uh, here I am doing more because somebody told me that I couldn't. So I I did the same thing. Like when I know somebody who I was looking for feedback to from somebody I admired and they had told me that I would never be successful, no matter my work ethic, no matter what I do. And that really hurt, especially like in the streamer space. I was just like, I look up to you like that's really hurtful. Yeah. And I'm so spiteful. Oh, my God. You don't know what you just did. <laughs> yeah. I'm a Scorpio, like that's going to live in me. <laughs> yeah. I'm a cancer. So I cried a lot first and then I activated. I cried for a week and then I was like, OK, now I can move on. Yeah. People um, were like, when's your villain air star? I was like, probably right after that sentence that was probably it (laughs) yeah i think you know one of the things i've learned um is we are capable of a lot more than we think we are right and the reason why we limit our capabilities is because people haven't set the right expectations with us or they haven't told us what it is we need right so instead of saying i don't think you can achieve more what i wish would have been told to me was i think what's stopping you from progressing is this That gives me like an actionable thing to move forward on, right? Feedback without a way to action on it isn't actually feedback. It's just blank criticism. So telling me I can't ever achieve more is a pointless thing. But if you tell me, I think what's stopping you is, you know, you don't delegate or um, you're disorganized or you show up late to things or like whatever the thing is, like I can handle that. And I can fix it. I have told, I tell lots of people, I tell my kid, I tell my team, I tell people that I work with, I can fix any problem that's not death or taxes. Those two things I can help you with. But any other problem, if you tell me 
we can work together on a solution now. Is it going to fix it 100% or is it going to be in the way that you think? No. Is it going to be, if you need something by Friday, can I do that? No, but I might be able to do it by Wednesday, right? Compromise and actionable feedback and honesty and integrity go a really long way in helping people understand how they can be better and meet the expectations that you have. And I think sometimes people, whether they're a manager or a leader or a peer, they don't know how to deliver that. And yeah. so it makes it really hard. And so then you get people like me and Milady who are like, oh, yeah, well, I'll show you. Yeah. I'll go figure it out myself. It's like <laughs> really we, hurtful, too, because it's just like, yeah. you know, I come to you like with that vulnerability. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm being vulnerable with you and you just like you just stepped on me. That hurts. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and now I'm going to be spiteful. Bye. <laughs> yeah. And you probably don't go back to that person for feedback either. I never have. Yeah. Yep. I don't even think well, I spoke to that person since that conversation. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, good. Because <laughs> it's not well, actionable. I think we are going to be getting to the time where Aaron has to go soon. So I thought we could unfortunately wrap this up. Aaron, do you want to plug your social media or no? Any- <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Yes, you can find me at Aurelian. A U R E Y L I A N. Pretty much everywhere. And is there any um, like special projects or anything like that that you're excited to tell listeners about? It's okay if the answer is no. Um, You know, what's really funny about part of the other reasons why I'm not as active on social media anymore is because now my job is to plan things that are months out in advance. So I can't talk about the things I'm doing because (laughs) um, I get to work on all the cool behind the scenes stuff. Um, I would just say. So the answer is yes, but I can't tell you. That's that's right. Which sounds like so like, I don't know pretentious like yeah i've got so much cool stuff i'm working on but i can't tell you um we, we just spent an hour learning about how cool you are so we already know, you know like <laughs> I, I would just say you know i'm really proud of the work that um riot is doing and my teams are doing and so you know keep an eye on the riot space um for sure there's lots of cool stuff that that is coming out and that we're team our teams are always working on for all of the various communities um personally I'm about to take a 10 day trip to Scotland. So boundaries and vacation. I'm taking some me time and going to Scotland for 10 days. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So I will be very active on social because I'm very excited to actually be like, look at all this cool stuff. I like love Scotland and I love the culture and I want to share that with people. So um, that is a personal thing I'm very excited about was I'll be going to Scotland soon. Like my dog, he's ready. My dog's like, mom. Oh, wait, yeah. he's coming with Can you? No. No, he oh. just is ready right now. He's just oh. ready right now for me to give him a tell. I was like, how's that going to work? Yeah, he yeah. heard the wrap-up voice, and so now he's like, oh, she's done. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And Confetti, where can our listeners find you, and what are you working on that you're excited to tell us about? You can find me at Milady Confetti literally everywhere. Consistent branding. Um, I coming up. I mean, like I said, um, I don't know when this is going to be featured, but I will be a featured content creator at VidCon. And I'm very nervous for that. <laughs> I'll also be speaking about LGBTQIA um, representation in it. Oh, happy Pride, by the way. Um, so that's really cool. That's happening. YouTube is a is a is a beast for me. So I'm I'm excited to learn something new and go into it, a new experience with positive thoughts. Cautiously. What did you say, Aaron? Cautious positivity. Cautious optimism. Yeah. Cautious optimism. Yes. That's where, that's my approach. I I'm, I'm very I'm I'm very scared. Um, You're going to do great. <laughs> thank you. Um, so, yeah, that's a really big thing that I have coming up and I'm really excited about it. I'm excited for you. Um, and then for my social media, I'm at Jess Brohard most places. I'm not super active. I'm on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok, I guess. I don't have anything I want to plug, though. I'm not really working on anything too exciting that I want to share with with uh, listeners. But also don't forget to follow the podcast on social media. We are at the boss level pod. That's LVL. And join our discord for a behind the scenes. Look at the show. You can hang out and chat with me and the host. You can suggest guests if you'd like um and just kind of pick our brains and then also we have launched our youtube channel where we are uploading uh full video episodes of 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 past episodes that we have recorded so definitely check that out and we also have some fun other kind of behind the scenes clips that i believe we'll be putting on youtube as well so check that out and we will see you guys next time bye and also bye. if you see jess's skating videos be nice <laughs> leave nice comments yes yeah or i will roast you you do not want me to get, get my hands on you <laughs> thank you <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Love it. <laughs>
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career and here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.